Hi, this is Greg Hildebrandt, and you're listening to the Marvel Card Collectors Podcast. Hello, everybody. My name is Ian Taylor, and welcome to the Marvel Card Collectors Podcast, brought to you by the Marvel Cards Fan Collective. You can find our two groups on Facebook, details of which are at the end of this podcast, so come and check us out. With me, as always, is my co-pilot in all things Marvel cards, the Jarvis, Pepper, and Happy to my Tony Stark, Norin Rad. <laughs> hey, Tony. <laughs> hey, I love you, 3000. <laughs> oh, that's, uh, actually, that's actually an appropriate opening. I wasn't going to talk about this, but I saw Spider-Man Far From Home. You yes. did? Nice. I did. I did. Have you seen it? I have seen it, so we can talk about it. I'm well, in. we... Mm, we well, mm, oh. okay. well, we can talk about it. It's fairly fresh. Um, so what I'm going to say is, if you don't want to hear anything about Spider-Man Far From Home, I, if you've not seen it and you don't want any spoilers, then just kind of skip ahead a couple of minutes. Yeah. And we'll get into it. Mm-hmm. So, um, so spoilers await. Um, uh, what can I say about it? What can I say about it? I'm not sure how much of this would be spoiler, actually. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, it was fun. I thought it was a cracking little film. Yeah, it was good energy to it. Nice and light. It felt it felt different to the other MCU movies in its tone and its kind of, you know, playfulness. You know, all that Ramones music and that kind of uh, hmm. um, high school <laughs> vibe going on. Uh, but I thought I thought Mysterio was absolutely brilliant. I thought Mysterio was awesome. My favorite part, oh, honestly. Yeah. I mean, my yeah. you know, for for me in the movie, I feel like. You know, the, the parts of the movie that I want, you know, the movie felt more like, because there's a huge surprise and reveal that's separate yeah. from how the movie is marketed, how the movie is marketed. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's a fun reveal. It's awesome. All that kind of good stuff. I The parts that I really, really enjoyed that I thought were crafted very well were the parts where you see Mysterio in full force, where you yeah. have the illusions and you have that montage, and it felt like a much, for me, a lot cleaner us uh, uh, digital segment than mm. the Doctor Strange segment with oh, yeah. the multi. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the Mysterio one felt like a little cleaner. It felt more directive. It, it felt not directive. It felt more direct and where it was trying to go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a fun movie. You know, it was a fun movie. It, it's <laughs> this Spider-Man is definitely better than the previous Spider-Mans other than Homecoming. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's still following the same kind of atmosphere mm-hmm. and tone, which mm-hmm. I really like. Yeah, no, it's good. It's it's great, you know, and it's it's fun to see um uh John Favreau having fun with Happy and uh Nick. Ah, John Nick Favreau Fury, is so great. Of course, uh Samuel L. Jackson just just cheering off the scenery left, right and center. Yeah. Um so no, I enjoyed it. <laughs> Cracking it. I had fun with it, yeah, too. I liked it. Um so um where are we? Where are we? So I've got no idea what episode this is, so I'm not going to say, which is probably good. Yes, uh, as we spoke about on the uh, Simone episode, we frequently say what number it is, but it's not um, It's not actually released in order. So we end up having to edit and do crazy things. Crazy things. To uh, get to work. Crazy things. So um, there's a, an awful lot happening at the moment in terms of releases. Uh, all from Upper Deck, of course, because they have the current Marvel license. Yeah. And... Um, I'm thinking mainly about the fact we've just had Flare drop. Um, we've had Marvel Cinematic 
universe 10th anniversary set uh which has just hit epax very shortly mm -hmm. after the physical release actually um and Marvel, oh really i was wondering about yeah that. yeah that was that was quite a short window um not sure how much of this is is, is, is true whether it's just my perception of it it seems mm. to be quite a short window if it doesn't seem to be selling maybe quite as well possibly i wonder don't know i would hope those windows get shorter and shorter so that when people because no one has access to buying these boxes it's extremely difficult well, to find a yeah place that yeah they make it license unless you want unless you want to ship a load from dave or dave and adams or yeah blow out or whatever the case yeah unless be. you want to ship a load from um uh where are we david adams or steel city or something like that you know not everyone's yeah. got the um, ability to do that yeah no they don't yeah yeah whatever or wherever the case may come from <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know what did that? that was good um that was nice is it is it kind of no. too much in a short window because there's barely a month between some of these big releases I don't, you know, it just depends. I don't know. You know, I mean, I feel like for me, there are two different audiences when it comes to people who are looking to buy the original art cards like Flair and people who are looking to get the movie MCU cards. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It feels like they're, they're very clear lines there. Uh, not that people don't double dip. I'm sure they do. Oh, yeah. Um, but I don't think there's anything on Upper Deck EPACs right now that's taking the focus from anything else, right? Everything else in the Marvel section has been there for quite a while. I think this is like the only really new thing that's on EPAC. You mean Marvel cinematic? Right now. Cinematic, yeah. yeah, yeah you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I don't think there's anything else. Plus, you have Marvel Weekly. We still have Marvel to finish that off. Oh, yeah. So, you know, you're going to be buying packs of Cinematic and Marvel Weekly if that's what people are going to be We're doing. We're only a third of the way through Marvel Weekly. How is that even possible? Help me. Help that's me. crazy to me. Yeah, man, you're going all in. They keep getting oh, you. I kind of, I kind of, yeah. It's good. Yeah, I'm you've already decided, man. You've already decided. Don't lie. I'm in. I'm in. You can't I'm get that many negatives myself. and then not go all the way yeah okay that's so crazy let's, so let's talk about that since you brought it up yeah sorry so, i did so we've just finished the four the third four week cycle so we've had 12 weeks out yeah. of the 36 because it's going until the end of the year the end of 2019 um third four week cycle which is captain america so as i think we mentioned on a previous episode um on one week i think i bought um i bought 10 packs because i was covering someone on a trade so i bought more than I normally I normally will five buy five or six just just to guarantee I get the cards that I want because collation isn't always perfect on the cos um, comic clash cards, um, and I got two Captain America negatives in that one week, which is beast. You know, just getting one would have been good. So anyway, yeah. last week on week twelve, I got a third one. <laughs> I was like, what? What's going on? Uh, which is good from my point of view, obviously, uh, because. Yeah. I managed to trade it for the Spider-Man one, the first one in the four weeks chunk. So I now have Spider-Man, which is minus one, the Wolverine, which I traded the double of the previous two Captain America negatives I pulled. And of course, I've got the Captain America one. So I'm, I'm kind of done in terms of the first 12-week chunk. I've got, I've You're got, full, right? You got the yeah. full set. As I, I, I have, yes, I have. Wow. Um, so, but I think what's driving people crazy is that everyone's cottoned on to the fact, and Upper Deck have kept this kind of low down in the in the copy, 
is that if you do the whole thing, there is a sketch card achievement. So it's selling out faster and faster. And last week was less than five minutes. A sketch card achievement? Who's the yeah. artist? Uh, I think it's Mitch Ballard. Damn, Mitch Ballard. Although they haven't... Mm. I'm um I'm hesitant. I think you're right. I'm not sure if they've said it, but he I know there's a yeah. go-to guy for their achievements and um Well, he's been doing a lot of achievements. He did achievements yeah. for annual, he's been doing achievements for the Pack Wars. Yeah. thing. What what like, is Pack Wars? Yeah. <laughs> no idea. No idea. No idea. I know basically you're either going against someone else or the computer and you're opening up a pack and if you do better than the other person there's some kind of benefit to that. I'm not quite sure. It's basically like, like you, when I was a kid, they used to do this back in the day. You go up to you know wherever you're buying cards. You each buy a pack, and then you kind of like pack war. All right, who gets the insert? And then you know you kind of have this one-off of who's getting the better card. There's really no point to that. That happened back in the day. Just kids doing stupid things. But I think there's some benefits to participating in pack war in terms of achievements. I think, if that makes any sense. Gotcha. Yeah, you dropped out at my end for, for, for some of that. Yeah, okay. but I know you're recording it locally, so I'm just going to yeah, nod so at this point. Fine. I'm just going to nod at this point and assume that I heard everything that you said. You did. Um, you heard I did. Everything. I heard everything. I hear. I hear all, dear. Um, <laughs> so, um, so yeah. So we're about to dive into Marvel Weekly uh, Week 13, which is going to be dropping tomorrow because we're recording on Sunday, and. Um, that's that's all good for that. Who, who the character will be, I don't know. The reason I brought up why the flare and then the premiere and then the cinematic tent was close together is because I'd seen a few people say as much on the on the groups in comments that, that they were they were concerned that um, their wallets hadn't recovered from X Y Z set. Um, a lot of them from masterpieces actually. Masterpieces wasn't cheap, and a lot of people bought a lot of products. For that a lot of products. If you think about when Epacs dropped for that, it was when was it? February? Eleven days later, it yeah. was out. Uh, no, no, no. Oh. Well, it sold out. It, it, it sold came out. out on Epacs about three months after the physical release. Yeah. Um, it was. Uh, I think it was February. I want to say February. It might have been March, but um, all I know is that it, it didn't last long. It sold out in eleven days. Um, yeah. Interesting aside to that, I remember when um, Simone launched his. Uh, had his gallery exhibition at Metropolis in New York, as we spoke yeah. about on the Simone episode. He, it was the only promo I've, I saw available, physical promo out there for Marvel Masterpieces 2018. They didn't do any promo cards at all. And it was a they postcard. It was a postcard. And you could only get it at the exhibition. Um, and on that, in the bottom right-hand corner, it said, coming to EPACS, winter 2018. Hmm. Do you remember that? I do. You do, because it caused quite a lot of consternation and back and forth in the group, because everyone's like scratching their heads. It's like, when's that mean? And everyone thinking, oh, yeah, it's going to be December. It's going to be December. It's like, well, winter is December, January and February. And someone yep. else would say, but that's not 2018. So I, you know, at one point I got to the point I had to say, look, pull it back a bit. It's a nonsense phrase. Winter 2018 is a contradiction. <laughs> Because, it really is, yeah, yeah, because there's no way yeah. winter's not all of 2018. Exactly, and winter <laughs> straddles a year. It also, goes into February, uh, January, and February. Yeah, and also like, like I play a lot of um, 
I could play survival horror games and Nintendo games, and my wife and I play together and stuff like that. And sometimes oh. with the releases of games, they're talking about the marketed year or the physical year. I forget. So winter and summer mean two different things, gotcha. right? So like, yeah, yeah. like globally, winter, like you said, January, February. You know what I mean? Yeah. So sometimes those are part of fiscal years, and they're really just there for like marketing purposes and also like yeah. meetings and conversations with other people who are looking at the product or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so, um, yeah. I, I just, I just find it interesting that, um, that drove everyone absolutely nuts. Yeah, uh, people were getting prepared, man. <laughs> people were getting prepared and then it was like, January was ticking away and they announced these at pretty short notice. Yeah, they didn't you know. They don't give you much, much, um, much of a lead in at all for it i'm just looking through my emails at the moment because i'm i know that i keep the emails where upper deck send out saying such and such a product is coming to epax uh mm. so deadpool came out march 20th and they released that pretty much hot on the heels of masterpieces selling out uh so marvel masterpieces hit epax i've got defenders hitting on the february the 13th I've got Pack Wars. I've, I keep getting emails from them about Pack Wars. Here we go. Marvel Masterpieces is now available on EPAC March the 6th, 2019. So it's not even in winter, technically speaking. That's yeah. spring. That's spring. There's <laughs> not I, much more know... to say about that, really, but I do find it quite funny. It's the first time I thought about it for a while because <laughs> everyone was going absolutely bonkers because they could see pictures of that postcard promo uh, yeah. that I'll pop in the tasting notes. And, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I don't know. I think, you know, and there's something about upper deck and promotion that just doesn't go together for Marvel cards. Um, there's not just there's you know, and not, not, you know, bad mouthing anyone, but I don't know. I do think the collectors are kind of left in the dark in terms of when things are going to drop and so forth. And it's, it becomes a little frustrating. of trying to figure out what the timeline is, what the timetables are, when to get excited for stuff. Because we'd like to do events leading up to things as well in the group. You know what I mean? So knowing dates would be pretty exciting. Yeah. 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 Listen, I've spoken to the guys on and off uh, Upper Deck when when opportunity arises. They know we're here. Um, however, the guys that do engage with us on, on Facebook are often not the people who are doing the marketing for the products. Um, yeah. So they're just, you know, just happen to be maybe the artist liaison people or the customer service people. It is, you know, it is what it is. You know, they, they, yeah. they, they do things in a certain way. We're not privy to that. Um, it is interesting, the perceptions of how it's often unknown what's, hap what's coming up and what's happening. So, for example, Premiere has been moved from July to yes. August and people are still saying, well, when in August? Because... It's a very real thing that, yes, you want to drop this product on us. And yes, it's very close after Flair. And people are still recovering from other financial things, be it physical or EPAC. So that's why it feels close together for people. Because a lot of people who are going to buy Premiere are the same audience that bought yeah, Flair. They're, they're so the they're, like yeah. it or not, you know, and it's in the next monthly High wage. Collectors. Yeah, yeah. They're the, yeah, they're the collectors who are going to drop big money to try to yeah. get that sketch. Especially uh, Premiere. Uh, jackpot, yeah. Premiere is not a cheap product. So... It is one of those things. You just kind of have to talk to us a bit more 
um you know maybe the guys will listen maybe they don't but the perception i get is that people get a bit frustrated and it's kind of like seen as oh that's just how they are you know it's kind of a, oh that yeah. there is a much better customer experience that that it wouldn't take an awful lot i don't think for no. them to actually um turn that around it really wouldn't um no people are willing to do that look people when you have collectors investing in this kind of money i mean you mm. know you look at the statue community you look at people who buy um, Sideshow and XM Studio statues, if anyone in the audience are those type of people. You know, there's a lot of really good promotional work that goes off on those sites. Mm -hmm. And there is a lot of, you know, dates do get moved around. Product is, you know, sometimes it takes longer to produce a statue than usual. Yeah. But they let you know. And they keep you in the loop. And mm -hmm. you feel like you're there. You're a part of it. I mean, that's kind of what happened with the Simone thing. Yeah. When he did that live, right? It just felt like we were part of the product as it came out and we are the core audience i mean this is such a small community you can't really you know you're leaving a whole community in the dark and it's not like the reach is small you know it's not like the reach is too wide that you can't reach everybody yeah yes one of the things that it could well be is marvel themselves dictating when they drop product around other marvel stuff going on that's true. Um, when we just we simply don't know. It could just be that the licenses all came in in a certain way. There could be that they fit in the Marvel product around their sports calendar, which is why it's it feels like a lot of stuff is happening in summer. Yeah. This year, I don't know. I genuinely don't know the answers to that. Um, and it would be great if um, if we could just get a sense of it. Yeah, pretty much. Not that I, you know, I expect any company to tell us how their business is running and how the Not decisions are made, but yeah. there is a way to communicate with your with your customers, yeah. and your potential customers. Um, yeah. And I just I just think that's that's lost a little bit. Um, so that is what it is. There's a, there's a lot happening. There's a lot been happening. Marvel Flare has been out a couple of weeks now, as we record, and we did our preview episode. And knowing you got a box. And I you did, did a live a video opening, which I'll put on I the tasting notes, so so I... folk can see Noen's carpet if they wish. You're welcome. You're welcome. Good. <laughs> That's the last time I call your cat your carpet. Anyway, what, <laughs> what is your cat's name? Remind me. My cat's name is Winifred. Winnie. Winnie. What we call her Winnie. Winnie. Like Winnie the Pooh. Okay. Now, it wasn't after Winnie the Pooh. We should have named her something like Furiosa because she's crazy. Yeah, she is but a bit cray-cray. She is a little bit cray-cray and long. She's a very long cat. Ah. Yeah. And I see it... a lot of people. She's very long. Isn't your dog called Jonathan? No. Dog is Nicholas. Nicholas. I knew it was a fellow's name. Yeah, it is a fellow. Well, we rescued, we rescued him, and he had his name before. Okay. Um, he's literally the most perfect toy poodle anyone could ever ask for. Okay. Um, Winnie got bigger than him. She was dying when we found her. And then now she's hardy and healthy and can take down a small village of any sort. <laughs> um, so he's absolutely afraid of her. So that's been fun. But my office is her domain. She's actually sleeping right next to me now. Um, she's adorable. Everyone's posting cute cat pics. You, Josh. I wish I could. I maybe have one or two. You know, it's such a rare event. But... Yeah. <laughs> my cat is um, Marvel Cats. Um, Marvel Cats. In fact, why don't Upper Deck do that? Because seriously, when I go onto the Upper Deck e-store at the moment, e store, I, I get, I get a number of, um, 
I get that there are non-sports for different people who aren't in the Marvel <laughs> product. But the top product they're pushing on sale at the moment is it's about dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Trading cards of dogs. I mean, that must be a market, man. That's kind of crazy. Could you imagine that there's another Facebook group with their own podcasts in talking about universe. canine dogs in another, in another universe. universe. There's, a, there's, a no, there's a mirror universe Norin and a yes. mirror universe Ian. Obsessed with dogs. Hello and welcome to the canine dogs trading cards podcast. Woof, woof. <laughs> so glad to be here uh, with you guys. We are not going to start that. That is the <laughs> thing. Um, feel free to go off and do it yourself. Um, I've registered possible <laughs> domains and we'll cyber squat on them until you give me money. Perfect. Um, Warning uh, the market. History, we will get back to talking about anything relating to the title of this podcast as soon as I um, have an interesting aside. So Winnie Winifred, Winifred. Rather, is or was uh, my grandmother's first name. Uh, oh, wow. My grandmother passed away when I was 13, I think. 15. Oh. 15. In 1989. Anyway, she's uh, long gone. Uh, God rest her soul. Um, my daughter... My daughter's middle name is Winifred, so no. we, yeah, we, we took we took that because um, I think it's a really sweet name. In fact, my, grand, it's a my grandmother, name. my grandmother's first and middle name was Winifred Lavinia. Oh, that's such a good oh, name! That's an old school name. I mean, she was born in like 1901, I think, 1902. Um, but Winifred Lavinia, isn't that wonderful? That's beautiful. That's so. so that's so poetic. So yeah. oh, I love that. Yeah. That's really awesome. So. Um, Anyway, uh, as an aside, um, uh, good, after, good afternoon, good evening, Grandma, wherever you may be. Hopefully, uh -huh. listening to this podcast on your on your cloud. Anyway, <laughs> um, so Marvel Flare, you broke a box. Yes, I broke a box. What does breaking a box mean for those who might not know? Because we have to assume we can't assume. That's right. That everyone's podcast, in on it. That yeah. Everyone, because I know there's guys at work who are kind of into Marvel don't know much about cards and who stopped yeah. giving us a listen. So I'm going to say hello right now to John Carey. Hello, hey, John. John Carey. Hey, hello, bud. John Carey. He's, a, he's a very nice man. And he left um, uh, my agency to go and work for another one just around the corner. Uh, but he's hmm. uh, still local. I still see him from time to time. Anyway, he's been, he's been throwing us a listen, a listen and giving us some support. So thank you for that. John. Um, yeah. So breaking a box. A box break is. Box break is basically you're just opening a box that you just purchased sealed uh, on camera, live recording it. Um, and that's, you know, so if you're on YouTube and you want to see multiple product being, you know, shown, a good catch or a good phrase would be box breaking. Uh, they do this for sports. A lot of the bigger companies do it that sell these boxes. Distributors do it. So GTS, Blowout, um you know, places like that, David Adams, you know, uh, there's a lot of places that do actual card breaks. Yeah. Um, and then with those breaks, you can actually, with those companies, just as a side note, let's say you can't access product, but you want to buy product from them. They will break the box for you on camera so you can see your own pools and then they'll ship you the cards. I haven't done it yet. I know a few people in the group have done it, so we can always find out more details and figure out what that's like. But what I did was um, there's a store about 45 minutes from here. I knew people were really excited about seeing the product, so I wanted to kind of show them a first glimpse of what the product looked like. So I did it on that day. Funny enough, though, Facebook 
had that huge problem where the photos weren't loading. Oh, that was that day, yeah. That was that exact day. So I was sitting in that box for like five hours dying to see what was inside until I eventually just had to record and it cracked. And I just Broke. uploaded the recording. <laughs> I felt bad, but I was like, nah, this is going to take forever. And literally an hour later after I cracked, it was up. Um, so there you go. I might do the same thing for Premiere. I haven't decided yet. Ooh, that's not a cheap one. I know. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to do it or not. I, You know, honestly... I don't know what I'm doing. Anyway, so for the flare, yeah, I opened up a box, broke it on camera so you guys can see the cards. Because a lot of times what's really hard to get excited about these cards, because you're going to see them on eBay first, and then you're going to cherry pick which ones you want, uh, which is what I did with the Silver Surfer buybacks. So, you know, I wanted you guys to see the thickness. I wanted you guys to see the quality, the gloss, kind of just see what comes in a box. What are your particular hits? I got very lucky. I scored a few inserts as well as a sketch. And that, you know, a sketch is not guaranteed one per box. No. I didn't get an auto. Um, I'm not sure what the ratio is on the autographs. They're nice in person, though. Yeah, I think it's about, I think it's pretty similar to the sketches. Like one or two, like one at one or think, two boxes? Yeah, I like think that. maybe one every two or three boxes. Maybe yeah. one in three, I think. They're harder. They're harder to get. I mean, right now, looking at eBay, looking at bo breaking a box, and I don't know if I don't know if you probably know this too, Ian. Um, I think the hits that everyone's going for really right now are those autos, maybe the lucky eight, and the buybacks, maybe. Those yeah. seem to be the ones that everyone's after. The pieces of flair are really up there too because they're really nice, but in terms of rarity. I think those are the ones everybody wants, the ones with cereals. And, you know, there's a crazy thing happening right now. And I know you froze, so don't worry about it. Um, there's a crazy thing happening right now where, you know, um, people are not understanding the tier system. And because they don't understand the tier system, a lot of these box breaks, a lot of people are having to look up to see which cards are rare because yep. they're not serial numbered. Um, and that's kind of scary, but also good for third market because sometimes people can upload things that are not sure of the value and you might be getting some like tier four or short prints and the short prints are basically just cards that are, are shorter in prints or whatever. Uh, meaning that, you know, they're kind of follow the tier system, but they're just less of that particular yeah. type of card. So a lot of people don't really know what's really rare and what's not. So you know, stay looking at that checklist. We'll put something in the tasty notes. I think we already have something in the group as well. Um, just to keep an eye on what's actually rare and what's not. Because there are a lot of things that are going to come up. And I, I don't really quite sure know if people are following what the higher tiers are. Because they didn't number yeah. them. Which is something I want to ask you about, Ian. What do you think about that? Having a tier system in a card catalog but no serial numbers. I I think it's really well. I don't. I don't have an issue with that. I think what's confusing everyone is that the subsets are all slightly different volumes in terms of the number of cards. So pieces of flair is thirty-seven cards, and it's quite. It seems to be quite arbitrary that it's cards thirty through thirty-seven that are the short, short print, the SSPs. Mm -hmm. um, but it's different on other subsets, um, and you've got different numbers. And yeah. it's like I'm looking at it, and I know there's. There's a stained glass and there's a there's a kind of a, a better quality version of that or a thicker version of that. 
um, maybe a photo variant. I'm not sure. So it's quite confusing because oh, yeah. you've got quite a lot of different things happening in the same set. Yeah. And the feedback I've seen from people is that everyone's kind of just a bit confused about it. Um, yeah. It's not very collector friendly. It, it feels, yeah. Yeah. It, it feels doesn't very... feel like it hangs together as a, as a, as no. a set that complements no, it itself. No, it seems, it seems odd and it seems hard to follow. And I think some of that is going to kind of reappear again with EPAC achievements and the way this is going to mm. break on upper deck EPAC. I don't, I don't know. I think something strange happening there, to be honest. I, I don't know for me, and this is my personal preference, nothing wrong with the product. The art in the product's amazing. Everything, everything's actually really nice. And I saw it in person and I was very impressed and yeah. I like a lot of the work they're doing. Yeah. Um, but for me, it makes me nervous to not have serial numbers on tier cards. Mm. I, I don't know why. I, I, I think it's mostly because I know Masterpieces is the premium, is more premium set. And what I mean by premium, just for listeners to understand, I, I'm, I mean that it's 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 done in a way where you have very sharp guarantees of what is rare, what is not, because everything's numbered. With Flarium and Flares and all the inserts and stuff like that, the numbers are there and you can reference a list on on the Okay, this okay, I know I'm rambling on. Last thing before I before I give it back to you, Ian, I'm so sorry. Um you carry on. Okay. So this is my problem with it. Let's say something is an SSP, which is super short print, right? Mm -hmm. We don't know how much product is out there. We don't know if they're going to print more for EPAC. Yep. We don't know if there's a finite number. Yep. So when you have no numbers on the back of these cards, like on the Master on the Marvel Masterpieces, you have 1,999, right? Mm -hmm. You know how many cards are out there. And they can't mess with that. They don't have duplicates of 1,999. They don't have two of those numbers. They might hold one or two pieces, one or two cards back for replacements, but only they'll do that for a very small number. So for these flare things, they're not numbered, which means we have no idea how big the product is. We don't know how big the product will be. We don't know how long it will sit on EPAC for. So you might have a super short print card and you're thinking, oh, there can only possibly be like 50 of these. And then EPAC drops. And you're like, oh, there's actually 150 of these, not just 50. Or whatever the case may be, yeah. whatever that arbitrary yeah. number might be. For me as a collector, uh, I don't know. makes me kind of weary because uh, I don't know what they're doing on their end. And I, they don't give numbers like that. Mm. Mm. I don't know. I'll tell you, that kind of worries you the, me. I'll tell you the insert that's underwhelming everyone, and this is kind of a uniform thing, are the totemic teams. With that kind yeah, of no wood effect, that, that well, have that kind like of that. groove that's supposed to allow you to position them vertically in a stack, and they'll go together in a certain way because the the, the groove on the the kind of the cutout on the bottom is designed to go into the cutout of the card that sits below it, and they differ with each card, so it's not like you can you can fit them in, um, and they just first of all they they've got them. They've got them in a little stacking 
Going up the totem pole. No collector would do that. No collector. No could collector would that. do that. It's ridiculous. Do they not know where cards go? They know cards go into plastic sleeves, right? Yeah. They know cards goes into nine-page binders. Yeah. Like those little grooves. Who displays cards like that? Yeah. Like that's insane. How are you going to do that? Yeah. Like that doesn't that like that makes sense for a product that's released to children. Yeah. If they're collecting packs and you're in a comic book store and you pick up a pack. Yeah. You can't price flare where it is and expect a kid to just pick up a random pack. There's no exactly. comic book stores that are doing that. And if they are, I'd like to live close to one because they sound like a cool place. But you and me both. <laughs> I don't know I don't know where that exists. So that that insert that level of insert doesn't make sense to me. Like we were just talking about Fuxum. Um Fuxum. <laughs> and we're talking about the stacks inserts. Yeah, those make sense to me because you can stack them and put them in a magneto holder, um, and they will keep them all centered. And it actually looks really pretty displayed. It actually looks very good. Um, mm. So when you do the totem thing, I kind of don't understand where I'm supposed to. How am I supposed to store that and get the full effect aesthetically of that insert? Yeah. So so what that tells me is that there is a disconnect between. Because don't get me wrong, I love that they're trying new things. Me too. I love the 100%. innovation. Hundred percent. In that innovation, you're creating something, and there's there's not been a thought to the end user experience, or at least not enough. It shows to me that there's there's not maybe quite an understanding of the audience that the cards are going to be selling to. Um, I've not seen any positive feedback on those totemic teams at all so it, it just feels a bit like a bum note um i have to be honest with you i'm not massively sold on the artwork used on them either um me neither yes, no way. just in terms of the style no i'm not not cr criticizing well, the texture the throws of off them, but um, the texture of that wood on the, to the on the totem ones they, they throw off the art mm. and the art's not terrible it really really isn't it's just mm. it's a very limited it's only a bust you know, like you look at the Marvel premiere and you have those gold bust cards. Remember those? I'm sorry. It just reminds me of, do you, do you ever watch the Naked Gun? Yes, Naked Gun. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you know the series that's based on Police Squad, which only actually ran yes. six episodes. There's there's one bit there where um, George Kennedy and um, Leslie Nielsen's characters <laughs> burst into this uh, dressing room backstage and this 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 rather shapely blonde woman turns to them and goes is this a bust and they leslie nielsen looks at her and says it's very impressive man but that's not why we're here <laughs> those movies were great man always, police academy was great. always cracks me up the oh, movie man. the movies are great but if you haven't seen it i implore you to go I'm and, and look at Police Squad. It's only six episodes. Police and Squad. there is more inventiveness in those six short, they're less than half an hour episodes, awesome. than there is in all of the Naked Gun movies combined. Because the Naked Gun <laughs> movies combined kind of, they kind of repeated a lot of the stuff. A lot of the, a um, lot of the gags. A lot of the gags. Yeah. And it was, and, but to be fair, by the time you got to the second and third one, I thought it was kind of losing it. it yeah, it was definitely. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah. there's this one scene in Police Squad where they say uh, that they're going to get the tow truck to take it away, and they carry on doing the scene, and a, a giant tow drives past, pulling this car. <laughs> I completely it's like, like the most absurd. 
I love that. Thing. I love that. Um, oh man. So so yeah, is this a bust? Is very impressive, man. But that's not why we're here. So there were busts in Marvel Premiere. Um, yeah. A regular bust <laughs> and a gold bust, and they they are. I've got the black cat one. Uh, oh, yeah. Do they look good in person? I haven't seen one in person. They're yet. okay. They're kind of thick. Die, die, uh, they're kind of a cutout. Okay. Um, and uh, the gold one is 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 nice. Yeah. Um, I kind of I got the gold one, and I begrudged the fact that it was limited and therefore a high dollar because it's like. Meh. I get you. You know, there's nothing special about the artwork necessarily on it. Um, it's quite sm- small. It feels like you're getting less because obviously it's not using the full space. Uh, the full space. Normally be. Yeah. Um, it is It is very shiny. It is very shiny. Shiny is always good. I, you know, I mean, from what I've learned from being in this hobby, the, the number one thing collectors value, especially in Marvel trading cards, will always and most likely be the art. Yes. the original art. I don't think that will ever falter. I don't think that will ever change. I think that is why you can put higher price points on masterpieces. You yeah. can put higher price points on things like that because we value original art. We value seeing uh, an artist's journey through doing, you know, when Jusco started at the 92, you know, we value seeing that journey of a hundred and something characters from one artist and seeing that interconnectedness and those kind of themes and things of that nature kind of persist across a whole set, um, which I think is what they did right with Flair, is that it is original artwork. On the base it varies card, in yes, a nice it's way. Yeah. It's lovely. There, I think there, they nailed that. Yeah. There's stuff there that's not to my taste, but it right. is all still top end. It is different. And I like the Flariums too, because I feel like the Flariums has like four or five or six artists, I yeah. think. And you know that's kind of nice. You know what I yeah. mean? It feels it feels like it feels like each artist had like a finite amount of characters to do. Yeah. So you get a range from pack to pack mm-hmm. of different uh, styles, and they yes. might not be for everybody. Each one, but you know whatever. What's more important is that the original art is there, and we're not copying and pasting. That's right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that for me will always be. I'll always be okay with that, which is why I ended up buying a box. I'll always yeah. be okay with buying flair. I'll always be okay buying a box like that at a one-off because the art mm. is original and I'm not seeing a copy and paste thing. That no. I'm happy with. It 100%. Is good. It they is good. Right on that. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And it's it's an it the inventiveness in the set is there. Yeah, it's it's great. It feels like this is the one where they because they're quite I wouldn't say locked, but they they've got a formula for Marvel Masterpieces 2018 for like okay, that's the artwork aside which was astonishing. We've talked about that. Yeah. Um you know, they kept, you know, the preliminary art were a nice variation. I like that a lot. They were good. Um, they were and good. Premiere does a few different things each time, but Premiere is a high price point, but the sketches are kind mm-hmm. of top end. You know, they are very, very, very good, good quality sketches for the most part in Premiere. So you do that, that set, I think, appeals more to the people who go after sketches. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I could. That's the highlight, I you know, think. Yeah. Sketches for me are kind of, they're great but it doesn't kind of light my fires that much unless it's of of the character I like. But I love seeing them and I love seeing all the different styles and engaging with the artists that do them. Mm -hmm. Um, They're just, you know, me as a collector, I I, I kind of don't dig them. But I, I look at Premiere and I look at how 
wonderful the quality the you know the level of quality is on them yeah the bigger canvas you get with those double and triple panel cards and yeah, you I have mean, it on both sides as well yeah it's nice depending on like a two or a two panel a three panel yeah or a four panel you think about you know, the, the yeah the three or four panels the you, you're space. getting you're getting three or four times more original art for your money well, you're getting i mean compared if you to a single a, trading card i mean if you hit a fred uh ian or i i forget how to say his name the it's fred ian part. Yeah, Fred Ian, who's yeah. just phenomenal. Really, top three of the artists in the industry for cards right now. For lovely any, guy, any industry. Lovely guy, awesome dude. Lovely guy. Awesome, I awesome. would say, Fred. Good evening, if you're listening. Uh, um, bonjour, Fred. Um, come on, Savan. Um, anyway, um, but for the fact that he's told me over Instagram that, or or Messenger, whatever it is that he would listen but for the fact that his english isn't brilliant oh yeah poor so guy. if anyone wants to translate this episode into french <laughs> for us we would appreciate that we would we would, we would upload it with the translation we would very much attached. appreciate that but, um, yeah, but if you pull one of his you pull one of his you're set you it's not the gold ticket card. Card. yeah you got a two thousand dollar card you in it down. for the value and the money side of things right no right which yeah. i know i bring up a lot so yeah bad. but if i pulled one <laughs> but, of his cards much as i would love it if it wasn't Black Cat, I probably wouldn't keep it. No, it, it's it's definitely that. For me, here's the thing. I love sketches. Absolutely adore the sketch card art. In fact, that was probably the thing that got me into it harder. At the level that I'm at now with collecting, with you know trading cards, it was the sketches that got me really, really, really into it. Yeah. Um, if I can be honest, it was definitely the sketches. That was the first thing I saw, and I was like, whoa. You know, I looked at the sketchographs and I was like, are you kidding me? I can get a Ron Lim Silver Surfer on here. That's fantastic. I would love to have that. That'd be a cool piece for my collection. Plus, I can store it. That was the thing, too, right? I would love to get original art and be a collective original art, but it's expensive. It's hard to frame. It's hard to maintain. It's hard to be safe. You spend that kind of money on original art. You got to store it correctly. There's a lot of things that are attached to that. With a sketch card, I can buy a magnetic case holder keep the temperature okay and i'm solid keep it out of light and it's good for a long 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 time so for me that was an, an a move where i could go from wanting to collect original art to in having original art yeah and for me that was that was the sketches um but i'm the same way too right like the most disappointing thing about a box of cards for me as a collector is a bad and i shouldn't say this but it's a sketch card that i'm not really into um you know, I I really always want to pull high quality sketch cards. That's the thing I look for in yeah. a set, not to yeah. necessarily sell, because I do keep I have a lot of different sketch cards of different characters, not only the surfer. Oh wow, um, interesting. Yeah, I do. I I don't show them um, often, but I have I have a few. Um, <laughs> they they'd I, be a little off brand for you, to be fair. Yeah, just a little off brand. I should actually do the past the the what's it past called? Past the baton. Past the baton to on the group. I'll you know I'll do one today. Um, but I do one-offs, so I'll call it like, I just recently, which I hope gets shipped soon, um, just bought an Alex Margot, um, Mystique. Oh, Alex Magno. Magno, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, just got a Mystique that I've been looking for, looking at for a year on sketchcollectors.com and finally got into contact with the art, with the collector and he, you know, showed me the piece very kindly. Super awesome dude. Super, super awesome dude. 
and sold me the piece, and that's my one-off for Mystique. Like, I'll never buy another Mystique sketch card because yeah. that's the one I'm absolutely in love with. And that's how I do it for me as a collector, you know. Sometimes I'll do a nine-page. Like, I have an, I'm working on a or a three-card or a nine-page character set. So, like, for the spot, for spot, which is the Spider-Man villain, yeah. I'll do, like, I'll probably do a nine-page of him just because I really like the aesthetic. And I think the character's kind of kooky and fun. Um, so, I'll do a nine-card sketch card page. Yeah, someone was character. on some good weed when they fought him up. Yeah, I know. Pretty yeah. high stuff. Yeah. <laughs> pretty pretty cool stuff. But did he came out of Spectacular Spider-Man? I'm thinking yes. issue 80. Yeah, with something. Black Hat, actually. Yeah, that's right. Enough. That's right. I remember yeah. the cover. Kingpin's on the... Yeah. And wasn't he on issue 100 cover as well, Spectacular Spider-Man? He was in it for a little bit. Yeah, the he last might, time might have I remember that yellow. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And the last time I remember seeing him... I've got I've got the issues over there, actually. Um the last time I remember seeing him was one of the reboots of Daredevil, um, oh. where they went to issue one, back to issue one for a couple of times, and it was Mark Wade's. I mean, uh, and it, he was in issue one of that, fighting Daredevil, which ended with Captain America. Um, hmm. I've got that issue as well. It's the last time I've, I saw him. Not to say he's been in stuff. No, since, he's a pretty I, obscure character. He is pretty obscure, but I, I thought it was great that they pulled him back just for that yeah. one episode, uh, one issue of Daredevil, and it was a different artist on Daredevil. And it was that's right. It was the it was the new creative team on Daredevil after mm. the really long run of uh, Ed Brubaker. I'm tempted to say because it was mm. Bendis for a while, and then it was Brubaker. Yeah, and it was that is that run that had started with Kevin Smith. That kind of oh. ended after about 120 issues. In fact, it renumbered to 500, so it went back to the volume one numbering, and then it stopped, and then it relaunched Mark Wade. And yeah, the first issue of that relaunch was Spot. Oh, that's so funny. Which, um, which was yeah, it was just a fun issue, and the artwork was different, and they, you know, because it had got quite gritty, <laughs> yeah, quite yeah, dark. yeah. Well, yeah, the Spot's been drawn in kind of a greedy way. Uh, gritty way, which has been really cool for me as a collector. I mean, that's a fun thing for anyone who's looking to get into sketch cards and you want a small collection. Pick an obscure character. You know, they get drawn by artists. They're they're liked by artists because the artist is not drawing the same yes. five main characters over and over again. Oh, and, they like the deep cuts. It's yeah, one thing they about love the talking deep to cuts. artists online and on and on interviews. An yeah. artist likes to throw a deep cut in there for the fans. Oh yeah. Yeah, and those, I mean, those, I, the, for me, those sketches are always really kind of the, for me, I think, I get the most giddy out of seeing, like, some random character I don't know drawn really well in a cool yeah. new style. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, wow, okay, that's really cool. Like, I, I don't know, I always find it really interesting and really awesome to see artists do that. And yeah, I, you know, I, I always do. think that's a really underappreciated I part do. of the hobby. Yeah, I think there's a wonderful, there's a wonderful niche character collectoring group uh matthew de mars who collects shanda the she devil that's a great great character to collect you gotta beat that <laughs> that's a great character to collect i've seen i've seen his collection he he sick stuff man and then um tony oh man the artist per, per, uh, perna. tony perna perna it is perna, perna okay yeah. good perna, yeah. yeah his wife elaine perna mm. actually collects sketch cards too 
and, and and create some. Of the oh most yeah, she's an artist. Ones. I mean, she's an amazing Tony, artist. Tony Tony and Elaine. I mean, yeah, uh, the biggest sense. dream team since Tim and Greg Hildebrand. Hundred uh, percent. They are Tony Elaine. Uh, good evening. I hope you listen. I really hope you do. You guys are absolutely more than welcome Phenomenal. to come onto this podcast at any oh. time and talk about whatever you want to because I've been a long time fan of your your work, Same. my own work from both of you. I got a um, Silver Surfer AP from Tony. I got yeah. a new one from Elaine. Yeah, I got a black cat from, well, I didn't get it from Tony. I got it off eBay, but it had originally been in pack inserted in Marvel Masterpieces 20, 2007, I think, or 2008. Oh, and it was a that. black and white one. And then he colored it aftermarket. So what Whoa. that means for those who don't know is that aftermarket means that something's been added to or changed on a card post original release and so the original artist will go back and make uh, a change to it and i think it's signed on the back when he did that so it, he it was you know it was one that he did and i think i've posted it and tagged him in it and uh, he remembers doing it so it's been colored as well and it, that's it's really just dope. a lovely lovely black cat card and that's I've, so good i've got one i've got one from elaine as well so i've got i've got a black cat from from both of them um so yeah, they're wonderful cards. Anyway, sorry you 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 brought them up. No, and no. We, we suddenly yeah. we suddenly gushed admiration all over all over <laughs> there. Um, Whatever. I mean, that's you know we we we're collectors and we we really enjoy. Look, we do gush, and you know I you know I've seen a comment or two, but we do gush and we gush for very good reasons. You know, we appreciate the work that they put into it. You yeah. know, a lot of sketch card artists don't get paid good money. Well, I mean, whatever the case may be, and you know that's just the truth. You know what I mean? They're and some of these sketch card artists turn out amazing, amazing artwork, mm. and they should be gushed over. And we definitely appreciate them taking the time to do extra work when sometimes they're not compensated as well as as the work is. Some of these pieces are like they they're like three hundred dollars worth of a really good head sketch and like absolutely really good quality pieces that you would get absolutely. at a convention that you pay more with a convention entrance fee so yeah i am gonna gush and i'm gonna gush for good reason they're great artists you know <laughs> and elaine elaine has a really high quality collection of rogue and um she actually has a character that i've just started gushing over um Lind uh l i l a N D R A. Oh, Leandra. 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 Sorry. I, I, think it, a, I think it's pronounced Leandra, but. but Leandra. Yeah. I have a speech impediment for the listeners to know and a pretty bad dyslexia. So sometimes it's hard for me to remember how words sound. So sorry. Apologies to the listeners for that. Um, Leandra. She. I've been obsessed with her recently. I saw her buyback that Julie did for. Um, well, it's actually just part of the set, the Fuxum set. And yep. the buyback that's on there, I've been just Fuxum. obsessed with Fuxum. Yep. And um, I've been just obsessed with, with that card and looking at that character. I love the aesthetic. Uh, no coincidence that she's silver and chrome. So <laughs> <laughs> no coincidence there. I'm very, <laughs> very focused. Um, but I just really like the aesthetic of that card. So I was going to get that card plus like a one-off sketch card of hers. And I'm looking on comicartfans.com, which is a brilliant site that you, everyone should really check out. Um, and there it is. She has all of them. She has her own little collection of that character. And they're so cool. Wow. And she, she did a great job. And I she's picking that out. No, she has a really, it's really cool to see all of the ones that she kind of like 
that she's that she's curated over time, and she has really good taste. I, so and, they're all. Quality. And that's the word. That's the word. I was about to drop that word, but you you got there first. Is, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's no no no. It's fine. It's fine. It's 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 cool because you know we're obviously thinking along the same lines. Uh, an artist who collects sketch cards by other artists and just seeing that kind of lens and that mentality and that, that creative person curating a collection of this type of art from other artists. I think that would be really interesting to see because I'm, I don't know of any other artists that we've seen posting on group who also collect sketch cards or art by other artists that at least that they've they've mentioned that they've mentioned yeah i'm sure some of them that's an interesting one yeah i'm sure you know some of them are i mean what i would be doing as an artist and i'm i've I've gotten the hint of from other collectors uh, from other artists who you know who've talked about this stuff just in passing i'm i think you know what they're doing is they're contacting those artists and they're being like you want to trade you know, I'll do you a yeah. sketch card, you do me a sketch card, and we'll swap. And, I mean, that's that's the dream. That's a crazy, nice. fun thing to experience. And a nice little collection to Hallmark to, to, to mark your participation and your, you know, however long you're in this profession or that part yeah. of your career for. It's a nice little marker for that. Um, I think so, definitely. Which I think is really cool. And, I don't know, I've, I've started noticing some of those uh, collections as well, and they're extremely very well curated very nice pieces very nice pieces good good um we've kind of gone down a rabbit hole of sketch cards yes which we is have. Brilliant. Sorry, guys. but it's no 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 it's not absolutely fine um it's a good segue into one other thing i just kind of wanted to talk about this week um is conduct collector conduct and the reason i i, I bring that up is that that one of the interesting things about being in a position that we are where we're admins on a couple of Facebook groups where people interact with each other, where they interact with artists, where they, they may be doing some trades with each other, or they may just be, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, is sometimes it doesn't, you know, everyone's human, everyone's people. Um, and sometimes things don't go quite as smoothly where that often happens is where someone's maybe, not being quite as respectful or just 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 playing the game in in a in a in a way that's just considerate and fair to other collectors does that make sense yeah 100 percent. good so uh, there's a couple of examples and this is this is not me i've got to be careful here because often people will come to me and i'm sure yourself um via direct message where yeah. we're in positions of of moderation moderation in the group and they're airing a grievance because something's may not maybe not quite gone quite as well or they maybe just want some advice on how to deal with a certain situation right or they um, see someone else have a bad experience yeah and they themselves are just trying to look out for their friend collector who you know for whatever reason doesn't want to stir up any attention in that yeah. regard because you know you know understandable um, cool. we get messages like that too yeah we get messages like that too the interesting thing is very occasionally and where it where it in fact almost to a to a to a penny where it falls over and where and it does happen occasionally sometimes people get 
bit too pissed off and a bit too angry and for whatever reason there's no resolution to the situation and they may post something that they maybe wouldn't have done if they were less less angry um and they decide for whatever reason to to leave our community and go off and you know they're still in the hobby but they're, they're elsewhere doing doing things and i get that you know not everyone's going to get along all of the time as the entirety of human history will, will tell anyone but um where that happens my perception is is where that person has come to me with an expectation that while i'm an admin in the group and i set it up i a can't speak for everyone and b i can't police the hobby and nor should you know should, should i necessarily expect to i'll obviously you know I'll, I'll give guidance and advice to people who who kind of say you know i'm a bit cheesed off because this person's done this you know i just need to vent a little bit or what would you suggest i do and that's absolutely cool on the gang yeah. but the times where it's gone south and someone has to all intents and purposes rage quit is is where there's an expectation so what are you going to do about it it's like i can't there's nothing to yeah, do about exactly it, i can't we're force not, another human being no to do something there, in a certain no, way you know as moderators of this group and you know ian ian you know president founder who did all this amazing work and me who's coming along for the ride and trying to contribute as much as possible hey, mate mate it's 50 you know, 50 at this point it's yeah um you know for you know and here's the thing guys and and ladies I've been cheesed over more times than enough. I'm sorry. I've been. I'm sorry. I've gone cheesed over. Cheesed over. That sounds like something you see in the seventies porn. <laughs> oh, cheesed right, over. I'm keeping it now. Boy. Now it's even yeah, better. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's good. good. <laughs> that's good. That's good. I've got suddenly got this Barry White music playing in the background. <laughs> like, My shag carpet walls. Um, <laughs> got a fluffer. Um, um, you know, I've been. I've definitely been. I was going to say screwed over, but that's just actually as worse. Yeah, it's just do that. bad, isn't it? Yeah. It doesn't work either. Yeah, um, yeah you know, I've, deals have gone bad for me, and I've lost out on things that I really wanted. That's that's just a fact, and I'm sure Ian's had the same experience. Yeah. Sometimes you, you can't know, come to an agreement with someone. Sometimes you can't come to an agreement you know, with someone. Sometimes they you shouldn't deal with someone. a number in their people. head that you don't want to pay, um, or whatever it may be. Yeah, sometimes Look, you can't do people, it. People will value their cards on different understandings of what they want out of the deal. Yeah. You have to understand, some of these people are breaking so much product that if they don't sell you the card that they perceive is their most expensive card for the price they want to sell you for, they're not recuperating. And mm -hmm. their whole purpose for selling the card is to recuperate. Some people don't sell. Some people don't trade. Some people don't want to participate in that whole, part, that whole uh, section of this hobby. That's just the way it is. You know, I think, you know, there are certain things you should and should not do that are obvious. You know, don't commission work from someone and then not pay them. Don't, you know, offer something for trade and say, oh, sorry, I don't know where it went. I gave it to somebody else when you're in the middle of negotiating or trading with someone else. Just basic human kindness, you know, in terms of empathy and stuff like that, yeah. you know. There are people on the end of this line, and you know, just a word to the wise: we are all connected to each other. You yeah. have no idea. Yeah, it's too small a hobby to. <laughs> it's basically way too small. Do stuff that that might 
by not just you, but someone else on the ass further down the road. Um, Honestly, you screw someone over, everyone knows who you yeah. are. It's the whole That's Bill and Ted fact. thing. It's the whole Bill and Ted thing. Be excellent to each other. Be excellent. Um, be excellent. That's it. One another, I think it is. In the, yeah. I, I don't know. No, it'd be excellent. Know. No, I mean, it's yeah. true. I mean, and also here's the second part of all this. Some of these pieces, especially when you start getting into the one of ones, not everybody can have it all. Yeah. Not everyone can have every one of one. You're not going to, ha- it's not going to happen. Yeah. There are some pieces you just will not be able to yeah. put your hands on. Sometimes you got to be happy with what you got too. Mm. You know, sometimes you got to look around and be like, eh, yeah. I, I, you know, and I guarantee you, if you want someone from someone else's collection and they're being too difficult, whatever the case may be, and they're not selling to you, I guarantee you there's someone out there who wants something out of your collection that you're not selling. Mm. Absolutely. And that's, that's just the logic to remember. You know, you have something that someone else wants too. Yeah. Exactly. So there's 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 just basically been a few things over the last couple of weeks where I kind of, I just wanted to say, um, one of the reasons I create uh, I put the hashtag one hobby onto all my posts now, and I put it onto it's on this podcast, and you know I try and use it wherever I can, and it's maybe a little bit trite because, quite frankly, we're not all going to get along, and we do play in different sandpits, but we are still in yeah. all still in the same hobby, so. Um, and I, you know, anyone who may have, for whatever reason, chosen to leave the, the communities that we foster and go and, you know, be an active member in another one, you know, the door is open for, for those guys and girls. If they, they want to, you know, they want to come back. It's not, you know, it's not, it's churlish to say, see, ya, I'm never going to, you know, don't darken no, my no door ever again. That. Because it's, it's, no it's just, that. unless quite frankly and this is my number one rule in both groups and you're going to have to get that comedy bleep back for this bit damn but i think All my right. number one no we'll find a new one we'll find a new we'll one. find a new one i want to we'll freshen it up we will we will <laughs> um i think my number one ruling both groups i think i say it slightly nicer actually because facebook wouldn't <laughs> allow me to use the word but my number one rule in both groups is don't be a <laughs> such a good rule just you know and i will i will back that up by saying some something else is everyone is fighting their own battles try not to be a seriously seriously so you can bleep you can bleep you will need to bleep those out otherwise itunes will put those that's like that's like my favorite cuss word it is my favorite cuss word it is it's my favorite yeah one of the best uh, uh, some people absolutely loathe that word and they find it to be um, a deeply offensive, or they find it to be just a little bit too far. Oh, yeah, um, I can see that. And, and to those people, I say, shut up. But um, I find it to be the Swiss Army knife for swear words. It's useful it is in almost Swiss every Army single knife. situation. Well, the other, the one of. I'm stealing Plus from. I'm English. Well, okay. So be so, fair. You know. So the one I steal from you, from the English that I'm obsessed with right now, is twat. Like I don't, don't be a twat. I don't know why. Twat isn't a swear word. Is not what? even really a curse word. No, that blows my no, mind. Are you no, serious? No, you're thinking of twat. Twat. Yeah. So ah, basically, shit. I think I actually say on on my on my um on on the on the twat. first group rule is don't be a twat. I think twat. that's actually what I say. No, I tw- say there is a word called twat. T W O T. I didn't but, even know that was a word. But what that is something else the escapes me at the moment um what 
it's still well, how do you spell the bad one? Still, uh, well, it's not even really that bad, uh, but it is um, twat. I've been living a lie. Yeah. That's I've fine. been living a lie. That's fine. Haven't we all, dear? Haven't we all? We spend our time talking about and collecting pieces of cardboard. So um, it's fair. We're, we're all in in denial in some way. Anyway, this is our this is our therapy. This is our therapy. This is it. And that's what I like to. <laughs> you know what? Facebook have made it so difficult to actually find the group rules now. So it's it's not not surprising everyone keeps breaking. <laughs> I'm, I'm being silly. Yeah, number one rule in MCCW: don't be a twat. Damn it. <laughs> So there we go. I didn't um, even realize that wasn't that bad. Yeah, we've gotten really sweary in the last five minutes. It brings it out of us. All this. Yeah. Stuff about collecting I don't know if anyway, you're going to hear any of this conversation. Thing. No, no, no. I think I think <laughs> it is, I think it's important to say this sort of stuff. I, I don't. I, I kind of don't want elephants in the room in that in that respect. But the second yeah. one is conduct. Be respectful, and that that's kind of what I wanted. There's there's, there's a number of things that have, that people have kind of. Maybe a grievance is over, and there's one one thing that kind of flared up a little bit, and I'm not going to point fingers or mention names, but I've I've listed them icing people. Now that's an EPAC specific thing, but it ties very much into paying it backwards as well as paying forwards. So if someone has, if someone sent you a trade offer on EPACs, and you don't, and 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 or if you send a trade offer to someone and they don't respond at all. You have a 24-hour period in which in which point that that trade then expires. Okay. Now I often don't respond in the first 12 hours. I'll put that out there now for for those who might have uh, phrased it. Partly because of time zones, I often wake yeah. up and I, I view it and it's already four hours in, and I'm half asleep. So I might not come back to it until the yeah. middle of the day, in which case it's over 12 hours through, and yeah. that collector may have actually then gone in and voided it. Or they've done another trade because it can be automatically voided if you trade the cards that were offered to that trade to someone else. It automatically yeah. voids it, so it doesn't always happen. But if 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 people don't respond at all, is icing people. So I just think there's there's so many people on EPACs who simply do that. They just ice people, and yet mm -hmm. they've got some stuff that a lot of people need. So maybe they get a lot of approaches for it, which is okay and which is fair enough. However. This is this is turning into a slight pet peeve one, but I'm going to go with it because I think it's important to say. If it's not available for trade, lock it. That's Don't have one. it on view. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's quite that simple. Okay. If it is available for trade, then it's there. But the, the flip side to that is I... And it's actually not that easy to do on EPACs. It's in there as a functionality thing, but it's quite difficult to, to search on it. I will usually only send a trade offer to someone I don't know. I, I, will, I will never do that without first checking their wish list to see what they want. Oh, wow. That's better. Yeah, because otherwise yeah. You'll, you don't know what they want. If I do end up making an approach, I will write a comment on the trade and say i don't know if we can do this but you know it's i really need this anything anything too. unlocked and so it's it's basically conduct because otherwise there isn't and this is something that i think epacs would be really good to do imagine if you had just a little 50 word profile box with your user that said actually what Genius. you're asking for your profile yeah, yeah. just just, just to show your small just just to say small. i'm after this i'm after this anything unlocked is for trade wish list is current 
Yeah, I agree. Which is what I would say, you know. Yeah, because there are collectors out there who maybe don't know about the locked feature and maybe are just never interested in trading. Yeah. You know, you you know, but having that kind of clarification in terms of the profile, that'd be awesome. I think so. Yeah, that's great. No, it's a great idea. Because, you know, I'm, you know, there's, there's, there's there's guys in the group who go after stuff and they, they say, oh, just no one's getting back to me. That's true though. People don't get back to you. And then it may be someone that that collector has helped out a number of times in the past. And that's where I bring up the not paying it backwards thing. So I just think it's not, you know, even just, just respond, just respond yeah. and say, look, you know, I'm kind of saving it for this or, you know, time is not good right now because I'm trying to negotiate something else over here or actually I just don't, don't really want to do that at the moment. Sorry. Or I'm just too busy. Cause you, know, you might, <laughs> you might be actually doing real world stuff like, you know, going on holiday or you might be really busy at work or something like that so i get it yeah so you know kind of an out of office yeah <laughs> you know yeah, an no, auto responder would be really well, good yeah and if you don't want to feel if you don't feel like doing those auto responses and all that stuff just yeah. lock it exactly so you won't you be know, there's a all. number of really small improvements that i think epac could make just in in, in terms of the communication there that i think would just, would just help because the functionality is great but it's it's got quite a lot of rough edges and sharp, yeah. sharp corners. So yeah, I, think, I, and I think that think doesn't make it easy for people. User people, interface, that yeah. would have to be updated. And I think you can yeah. place some, just like things we do in the group. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like buying things stays in the PMs. Uh, stays stays in comments. the comments. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that's ingenious because when you look at other groups, you're looking at something you might want, which I think would just happen to us, right, yeah. Ian? We were looking yeah. at that, that issue. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're thinking, oh, it's still available. And it's already been gone, but the person didn't put sold, they didn't do it in comments, and you're staring at something you could possibly yeah. want or make an offer for, or the person on the other end could be making you yeah. an offer to bounce off an offer on somebody else in PM. I know, it, I know. There's a it's, whole it's, reasoning behind I mean, there's, there's, in the whole, there's a whole reasoning behind it. I mean, for trades, yeah. if, you, if you're doing a trade and there's no money being exchanged, then I kind That's of different. say, okay, fair enough, go to comments because you know we don't want to see all the back and forth on that. But if yeah. you... If you're making a sale and something does go south with it, we all then, know. Then there's a clear audit of, of right. comments on there, which is why I always say to people: if you do a sales post, don't delete it. Yeah, because people have smart. got 180 days to, you know, to do a pay- PayPal claim. So, oh, um, yeah. you know, so PayPal will always, always, usually side on the buyer. Certainly, if it's uh, certainly if it's um, eBay. Related. Yeah. Um, so as a seller, and I get that it's difficult, and I get I get not a lot of people get it, and some people post on there and they'll say, "Oh yeah, just PM me," and I'll be like, "Up straight away," I'll be like, "No, don't," because it's it's a it's for everyone's better experience that that you mm-hmm. can see if it's still available, and B it's actually for, it's for your protection as much as anyone else's, and yeah. people really struggle with that, which surprises me because it's something that I've taken from from you know I haven't made that up. It's come from no. the video, it's come from the retro video game trading community on facebook in the uk and it's it it's there for a reason they're high value items they're sought after items they're collectibles condition is very important mm-hmm. um all the tenets we apply to card collecting uh, admittedly the one of ones kind of don't really exist unless it's you know point of sale displays from shops seem to be pretty rare all those kiosks you used to get with playstations and xboxes in in, in shops they're, they're pretty rare things um yeah but at the same time you know people people stay on comments and it's helped so many admins in those groups if there is an issue and you do see it 
in those groups you do see people suddenly start blocking other people and no goods arrive and then you know at least if you can go back to the but you might not be able to fully you know resolve the situation but at least you can help mm-hmm. at um, least we can do admin. something about yeah. it at that point exactly which because... is why i send it and i think people probably get a bit bit cheesed off me jumping on for it it's like guys you know it, it, it's pretty clear it's in the group rules whether you read them or not you did agree to them and it's it's one of those <laughs> i didn't mean to be having a sounding board it's a but it's just, safe for but everybody it's, but it is, it's yes, not it's like just trying to make it a safe space it's just yeah, trying to make it a, a making us you know right. to do it and we are not a bst group a no. buy sell trade group primarily you know we're, we're not primarily that yes you can do that and yes they're called trading cards and i you know i i'm happy for people to do that on group which is you know obviously people will do that and i'd say maybe you know 30 to 50 percent of the posts are trade or sales related but there's also a fair amount of insert driven there's also a fair amount of people just showing off their work as an artist or showing Mm -hmm. off their new pools or mail calls as collectors so it's just about you know seeing what's out there showing off stuff and and maybe doing some trades and sales Um, so you know it's not just for selling stuff is is basically um what i'm trying to say i think the groups has a really good balance for that i think it does i think it does i think i don't think there's ever been a problem of that yeah you can always the the people where it where it becomes an issue is where people join and they tick all the boxes and then they post something for sale that's all they spam the group you know and then yeah yeah of course yeah they're gone pretty quick um we get rid of that pretty fast but it's um and and then you know uh, something that that maybe is a bit trickier is that is is that some if I'm selling something and it doesn't it doesn't happen often but if I'm selling something I'm quite happy to do a payment plan for for people you know one or two free installments that's absolutely yeah. fine I get that you might want to might want to do that as long as, as and and what I say to people there is just communicate just have clear expectations as to when you're going to get the next payment and, and keep yep. talking to each other. And in fact, everything can be resolved <laughs> pretty much all the it time. Really can. If people just communicate with each other, which is, which is where artists who, you know, may be waiting on approvals or may have a backlog of work, you know, just, just keep the buyer updated. And the same goes for buyers and collectors. Don't commission something from an artist and then not pay them. That's or crazy. Paying them to get them to do work and then not pay. You don't know that recently. It's just it's just the most disrespectful thing to do. You know, yeah. you wouldn't if you if you I guarantee if you're especially if you're in America where car culture is, you know, essential, you might not be doing public transport, you wouldn't go to the garage and expect to take your car away without paying. Mm-hmm. No, and, and you know, to be honest, collectors who do that kind of weird stuff or who have done that stuff. I promise you that artist knows almost every other artist in the sketch card community. Yeah. I guarantee you, and you're blacklisted. And the I don't mean, I'm not even playing yeah. around. Yeah. yeah. Like they yeah. know who you are and they're very wary yeah. to deal with you. Yeah. In all seriousness. And, you know, sometimes I have people, collectors who tell me, it's like, man, you know, you said you commissioned from this artist. I've tried to contact them like 15, 20 times. They're not responding. I'm like, then they know something or they're busy because they hit me up real quick yeah and that's because you know there's no tarnish to the to my name and you know you want to be that collector don't let any tarnish get on your name because it will make this hobby 10 times harder exactly and that ties into the fact that whether you're playing in that sandpit or whether you're in our group or whether you're on blowout um all you know great places to hang out and do stuff uh, and talk to other yeah. collectors it is a small small world 
And, yeah, um, we know everybody in every other group. Exactly. We know everyone on yeah. Blowout. Yeah, exactly. I deal with people on Blowout still, and in other groups as well. Yeah, you know, you got yeah. you got to you got to remain neutral, man. Yeah, that exactly. and you know that's really a thing to do. Exactly, and that's exactly. the other thing about playing it smart too, which is the last I'm sure is the last part of this conversation because you know it's going on. Um, you know, <laughs> if someone, if you do get cheesed over, <laughs> um, you know. <laughs> Making a big spectacle about it and all that kind of stuff, not usually the best idea. Yeah, you know, don't Let lie people, at all. People know, people know, people know what happened. People, mm. you know, are aware, mm. and that that will always play in your benefit. Mm. You don't want to be the person who, you know, makes a huge spectacle out of something because, yeah. and you know, that you're. It's only going to get. You're only going to get drama 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 exactly you know, you know sometimes you got to know the collectors and yeah. play it smart yeah well i mean what i would say is you know type something but don't post it right so just let it sit notes, there for an hour just let it sit there which is the whole thing about you know emails is the advice on that is the same for putting comments or or putting a fresh post on facebook write it go away and look at it the next day yep don't send, you know, don't post, don't send <laughs> when you're, when you're running a high temperature, which is kind of the equivalent of, um, did, you, did you ever watch Seinfeld? Yes. You know, when Kramer enters a room. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be Kramer coming into group. <laughs> <laughs> I think is, is probably where we'll leave that. Um, Perfect. Cause That's I, I absolutely place. love uh, Seinfeld. Listen guys. Sorry. It, it was just something that we, we we had we had a week where a number of relatively small things happened, but they all happened kind of at the same time. And then we had the thing with yeah. losing the video with Simone. It was just it was just one of those weeks where it just you know much as there was joyous stuff happening happening and really positive stuff happening, it just felt like everyone was going a bit nuts. It was like it was full moon out there. So um, <laughs> you know, be excellent to each other. Don't be Kramer. Um, and I'll say it again, as I said last week, never eat where you eat. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And you can get the comedy bleak back in for that. Yeah. Uh, cool. All right, Noren, um, this has been absolutely gorgeous. Uh, wham, Always. pam, pow. Um, I promised <laughs> that I would uh, big up Ray Largo um, because I couldn't find his contact deets and where he kind of lives in his digital space. Um, Ray has a Twitter feed. Um, at Ray Largo Art, um, R-A-Y-L-A-G-O, Art. Um, and uh, coincidentally, that's also the name of his website, RayLargoArt.com. So do go check him out. I did the intro on um, last week's episode. And um, yeah, um, stunning dude. And I think today, really awesome. on today's um, intro, I'm thinking that Mr. Greg Hildebrandt was heard at the top of this episode. Because we used his, <laughs> so um, so Greg, thank you for doing that. Um, oh, so I know kind. it was a, a bit of a technical challenge for for, for you and your your, your fellow uh, colleagues there over at Spiderweb Art, which is Greg's um, 
uh, Instagram handle and indeed the name of his um, kind of studio. Crazy good uh, stuff on that website, yeah. everyone. So you if, need to go check that out. You really do. You really do. And it's, it's super just, important. Not just Rick there. There's a, there's a number of other crazy amazing artists, artist, artistic people go you know hanging out at Spiderweb Arts. So yeah. um, there was a. It, it, I, th I think of him today, and this is why I, I think it's appropriate to use. I saw an Instagram post this morning where Greg. <laughs> it was absolutely brilliant. In fact, um, I'm going to find it right now. Um, it was basically Greg standing up at a um, at his uh, palette, if you like, um, painting, and he was stood there and he was looking pretty dapper. He was like wearing, you know, a, a, a jacket, um, and he, you know, he just looked really, really good. Um, bear with me. Google has auto corrected Spiderweb art to Spiderweb. And so, of course, I'm getting all sorts of um, stuff when I'm trying to. Look <laughs> so let me, let me. Yeah. In five miles an hour in the slow lane. So come on. Here we go. So he stood there and he's in a shirt and tie and jacket. And he's painting a lady who's, to be fair, not got much, much in the way of clothing on. But it's an astonishing piece. And he's he's got the goatee beard going on. He's got his white hair. He kind of looks like uh, illegitimate love child of Gandalf. But um, <laughs> that's meant in a nice way. And all the post says, commercial artists sit down. Fine artists stand. Oh, no way. That's Hashtag the best. Damn fine artist. And I'm like, mic drop right there that and is that the dopest post <laughs> is where i want to leave this episode okay, Rand, thank you very up. much sir uh thank you gene as well um for um being the intermediary on making that happen uh i've said it before you know it greg you're always welcome please come and talk greg seriously awesome all right thank you norin it's been emotional thank you my friend uh, take care <laughs> folks enjoy collecting guys Thanks for listening to the Marvel Card Collectors Podcast. You can subscribe via our home on anchor.fm forward slash MCCP. Leave us a message via that link with questions, comments, or just to say hi, and we may even play on the show. We'll also be on iTunes and most other main podcast platforms soon. On Facebook, you can find Marvel Card Collectors Worldwide by searching MCCW and Marvel Masterpieces Collectors by searching MMC. On Instagram, find us at mmcollectors and at sketchcardhive. The great music we use is called Rocket Power by Kevin MacLeod. Thanks to the collectors, artists, and creators who support the Marvel Cards Band Collective. We'll see you next time, and remember, it's a small hobby, but a fun one. Make mine Marvel, and enjoy collecting. Bonus round. So, we did have a... Um... Uh, a question in from Kevin St. Jack. Uh, good evening, Kevin. Hey, Kevin. Um, who asked us, Norin, hit me with it. He asked, what's API and GPA mean during the discussion about market value and book value? Good. So this is the follow-up. I can't remember what episode it was now, but we haven't dropped the episode on investment and values yet. But no. the following week, we, we talked about, um, we mentioned book value and API. So I think API came up in context of um, having a, a price guide that would draw live information from another system. So it would read eBay sold, for example, or it would pull in Com C 
sold values so that it would be uh, uh, a truer reflection of what was happening in the market as opposed to a fixed printed thing which would be out of date before it was even printed. So API, um, I think it stands for uh, Automated Program Interface. And it's where uh, one system talks to another system. So a really good example is if you're booking um, airline tickets and you go on to uh, your favorite travel site, so be it Expedia or be it Hotels.com or something like that. Um, when you do so, you can enter the dates that you want to fly or the dates that you want to stay in a hotel and it will go off and it will pull the information in for you for you you can do the same thing in separate browser windows on Expedia and Hotels.com and both of them are talking to the same central system of availability and pricing and they do so via an API so they're connected does that make sense to you Noreen? Hundred percent. That does Brilliant. make sense. I'm actually so, typing it to him now too. So that's that's <laughs> what that means. So, <laughs> Kevin, it will be answered. Uh, you'll just have to wait a week. The other part of it, GPA, is gross point average. So it's taken from sports. Um, I believe. I believe it's a baseball thing, mm-hmm. where you are um, looking at uh, you know the average stats of how something's selling, basically. So I know we've slabbed comics in a lot of the comic groups I'm in, um, where people are talking about those, they go on and talk about GPA. So I think there is a system in play, and because I'm not plugged into the slabbed comics world, because I'm a a raw comics guy, um, there is a system that tracks the selling values. Yeah, it's actually in CGC. Yeah. So yeah, so basically you can see so like the reason you would do that and look at the average is so you can understand that Let's say you want to buy five point five CGC book. Yeah, um, and you CGC can know is the company that do this right. Comic rated comic book. Yeah, right. Which means you can never read it again, and it will, in theory, always stay that that in, in that condition. If you haven't been hearing us lately, you can tell Ian doesn't like CGC. He's very much against it. <laughs> not that I don't like it. It's just, <laughs> like it. it's just not his thing. Yeah, no, just I'm just I'm just joking around. I'm just messing around. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, but it's true, right? It's just sealed forever. It's basically what you're actually doing is you're sealing off value point, the value of yeah. that book. Yeah. Um, and that's it. That's kind of like the investment side of it, um, which eventually we'll have an episode where we're talking about graded cards. And, or if we've already talked about it briefly, you know, that's something that worries about, you know, that's something different about graded cards because for a card, you don't need to open it up. You flip back that's and fine. forth, you get both sides. Seems to make more sense for cards. That's anyway. Fine. So let's say you're buying a 5.5. Um, I'll just pull a comic book out of the air. Fantastic Four 48. Just, you know, just off the top of my head. Um, <laughs> I so why. I wonder why. Strange. And um, let's no, say you're looking at a 5.5. You can see what you can see what they are on eBay yeah. and say, oh, okay, increase because the MC maybe this would usually go really high, but for some reason no one's bidding on this book. Let's go ahead and jump on this book now. And that's the good thing about knowing the average. Uh, a lot of people tend to do averages by looking at eBay sold listings for mm-hmm. cards. And that came really into play when Marvel Masterpiece 2016 came out. Yeah. People were very much paying t- close attention to those prices. And that's kind of when the talk of investment started coming up too, I think, for cards. And I think that's why the conversation has kind of started yeah. brewing now. So but we've yeah. got an episode where we talk about all that. 
right, we'll, we'll, we'll get into up. it. Yeah. Um, so Kevin, we'll 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 give you a nudge when that's about to drop. You got it, buddy. <laughs>